Brought to you by Hug House Productions. Previously on Desperado. After Joan and her coven invaded the circus, Marcus had to give Shinji an emetic to protect him from questioning. Doing so, unfortunately, he almost killed him, as we learn later from Leo, a man who swears like a crusader, but claims not to be one. On our guard ever since, we've been watching over Shinji as he recovers. This is Desperado. We didn't really spend much time looking at Shinji because merely half an hour later, that man, Leo, stepped back inside the tent, holding a pillow in each hand. Talia glanced at me, dagger in hand, and I nodded. If anything happened, my shield was ready. Can we please talk? Stay where you are, drop what's in your hands, and sit down. Guys. These are really nice pillows, I mean- You do all three, or you bleed. <laughs> okay. The rest, honestly, was too quick for my eyes. The man didn't move, but a pair of wings sprung from his back, slit through the air. Neither of us had time to react. I blinked and there was a wingtip under my chin, an inch away from my throat. Same thing for Talia. You know, Marcus thinks it takes time and tact and patience for newcomers to finally warm up to the circus. But really, everybody here was pushed against the wall at one point and told, hey, if we wanted to kill you, we really would have, and it wouldn't be hard. So can you stop being such a wanker? His wings disappeared and I took my first real deep breath in a minute. Then he dropped the pillows and sat down on the floor. Now, can we talk? My dagger flew off and stopped right before his eyes. I didn't smile at his surprise, but to some level it reassured me. And I said, Sure. What do you want with Shinji? Take a fucking guess. Did you not see the wings? Oh, yeah. I glanced back at you and froze for a split second. You, the man with the impenetrable shield, were terrified. He's... he's an angel. He doesn't care for your dagger, and he's being really... Really patient with us, so drop it. I'm not- Now, Talia! Wow, wow. It's okay, relax. I'm- I've seen wings like yours before. I've seen them fly over a city and reduce everything to ash in a matter of seconds. What are you doing here? The same thing you're gonna do. And from his pocket, he took out a handful of military tags. Each one emblazoned with a cross. Some of them completely scorched. These are all from the past six months. These two in Madrid, this one in the south of France, and the other four just a few days ago, less than an hour away from here. If you can make your way here, what makes you think Crusaders haven't? Yeah, why do you think we have a dagger to your face? Which, by the way, I do care about. Because again, not a Crusader. All I have is my wings, nothing else. And that makes me the only person equipped to make sure your friend recovers properly. Even Marcus, no matter how well-intentioned, Almost killed him. You're just here to watch over him? Yes, please. I looked at Talia and without a word this time, she got back the dagger to her hand. Still, he didn't try to get up and instead he just slid the really nice pillows on the floor. I'll stay right here. I'll answer whatever questions you have. All I want is to keep an eye on him. <laughs> Fine. It didn't seem like we could keep him away from Shinji anyway. 
So I sat back down and asked, Let me get this right. Your job in the circus is to hunt down crusaders. Me and everyone else. That is Marcus' life work. In the morning, you'll be officially introduced to the circus and actually, I guess you still need to be debriefed. I'm not sure I follow. Does Marcus know everything he needs to know about you? He tried to ask, but witches. What shall we expect tomorrow? A party. <laughs> Seriously? What? Yeah, you've been found. It's a celebration. But before that, you'll need to tell Marcus everything. Because if he doesn't know the whole story, this happens. And he pointed to Shinji. Makes sense? Yeah. I would get some rest if I were you then. Tomorrow will be a long day. I will worry about tomorrow when it comes. Right now, I'm watching out for my friend. <laughs> and an hour later, we were both asleep. Because Lady Luck was a lot more subtle than we thought. And as the minute passed, we felt more and more at ease with Leo. We let down our guard, resisted a little less, and drifted away. I never slept so well in my life. Yeah. In the morning, we found Marcus and Leo pleasantly talking on the other side of the bed. And even then, we didn't wake up in a panic. And nor did I felt any guilt about falling asleep. And that, that should have been the first sign I was being soothed by Marcus, but... Yeah, I was embarrassed at best, but Marcus and Leo were very quick to tell us it was all fine, that we were probably more tired than we thought, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Fucking liars. Yeah, and good ones at that. You know, hearing it now, he handled you two like tired babies. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> he saw you were loud and cranky and he put you to bed. Smart man, yeah. So then Marcus suggested we get some food, while Leo would keep watch over Shinji. And we agreed. I mean, seriously, at this point, what could I have possibly objected to? You left. I assume I woke up just a few minutes later and I, and then I met Leo. When he showed me his wings, I, I didn't even make the connection between him and the angels. I was just amazed that there was someone like me. I didn't even have words, really. I just, I just deployed my own. I knew it. I knew it! <laughs> He was delighted. He looked like a kid opening a present, and I couldn't help but smile in return. They're incredible. I've never seen a refraction like that. I, uh, like your feathers. Thank you. I've always wanted to see bare wings like yours. Can you control each finger, I guess, on its own? I smiled, and I showed him I could. See, I can't do that. The feathers are great, but they really get in the way. Goodness, where are my manners? How are you feeling? Do you need anything? I'm good, just um, tired. Yeah? Hungry? You know, you're, you're, you're the first one like me. Am I? You've never met anyone else. Wait, give me your hand. And I did. I braced myself, like I always had to when about to shake someone's hand, not Knowing how strong their grip would be or how much pain I would have to hide, it ranged from light discomfort to a split-second torture, but with him, nothing. Nothing. And... Oh, fuck, I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. It's okay, dude. Take your time. It just uh, hit me, you know? It was the first time feeling someone's touch and not being scared at all. And I bet he saw it because his smile widened and 
He just gently pulled me closer. He wasn't even trying to be careful. He, he didn't treat me like I was made of glass. He just knew. And I held on to him. I just started crying, man. Like, I, I know it sounds dumb, but Don't I... Don't say that. Come on. I genuinely think it would have killed me. I need human touch. It's intimacy. It's connection. It's love. It's... I'm so sorry you grew up like that. It's alright. I caught up a bit lately. But yeah, I was... <laughs> I was a mess that morning. I can imagine. While you were meeting Leo, we stepped outside as the circus was setting up a buffet for breakfast. Everyone knew their roles, whether it was setting up tables, eating up food, or making sure the night shift was served first. I never understood what organized chaos meant until I saw the circus in function. And if most of them were still being discreet, we noticed a few more cast members glancing and whispering about us. Marcus got us some plates, brought us to a table, and with a little nudge from Lady Locke, we talked. It was an unusual feeling to tell your story in broad daylight without precautions or fear of any kind. I told him everything. My village, La Catrina. The deal I made with the Baron and the mission he gave me. Marcus listened, only interrupted to ask for some details here and there. And at the end of it, he kept quiet for a moment. He said my story in particular was the most troubling. But still, he told me not to worry and I believed him with all my heart. He said there were precedents, that a curse like that could be broken, and he would personally look into it. And immediately after that, he reminded us we were free to leave, if we wanted it. He'd make us disappear, as promised. But if we stayed, if we stayed, he could maybe free Talia and help us become what we needed to be. Nobody would have said no to this. So we stayed. Then Marcus smiled and he got up on his seat and claimed us as part of the circus. And people cheered and claimed like they were just waiting for this. In an instant we were swarmed. We were welcomed. And whatever plans they had for the day, they ditched to celebrate. Nobody's as ready for that than circus artists. Instruments appeared in people's hands and a group made space for dancing. I, honestly, I think they, they just wanted an excuse to start drinking early. Like Yeah, the Nova folks know how to throw a party. A little too much, if you ask me. Yeah, at, at first, I found it quite impressive, you know what I mean? But there was something off about it. It's because it's sad. It's how most of them cope. Everybody there had a story like ours. Stories of loss, of burning cities, of drowning boats. So you drink, you take, or you lose yourself in your work, your art, your whatever garden of peace you've managed to protect from the outside world. The Nova folk are extraordinary, but a lot of them are hurting. It was a lot to take in. A lot of questions and repeated answers, just a lot of faces, honestly, and I... I don't know. Now that I didn't have people depending on me, I just wanted some time for myself. So I asked someone for a cigarette and told Marcus I need to find a bathroom. Instead, I went to find some shade under an oak tree, not too far from the camp. It was nice. I sat down, I took a deep drag, and felt my mind clear up. I didn't think of anything, I just took time to exist for a moment. I was alive. I was safe. That was enough. Oh, hey! I looked over as Samar approached the clearing. 
She was coming from the forest. Dirt all over herself and a fresh bandage on her shoulder. She was wearing the same clothes as yesterday, but accessorized with a travel pouch dangling from her belt. A set of throwing knives strapped to her thighs and two short swords crossed on her back. You look well. How was your first night? Uh, I, good, good. It was, yeah, it was good. Yeah? Yeah, actually, no, not really. It's fine. I mean, it was just, yeah, it was a lot. But you, what happened to you? Is everything okay? Oh, yeah, no, that's that's fine. It's part of the job. Right. And you are a... A gardener. Okay, you're not a fucking gardener. <laughs> I'm really not. Is it the sword? It's well, definitely the sword. I mean, it didn't help, yeah. So it's not my job, per se, but back home it's considered polite to hunt demons. Okay, not my first language, but you said demons, right? Yeah, it's um, civilized, you know what I mean? Like picking up trash on the floor? Like, if you can, you should. I No, no, it's, mm, I'm, I'm stuck on the demon bit, actually. Oh yeah, this country is full of them. I don't know what the witches are doing. You're doing it on your... What do they look like? Uh, it depends. So, a demon is basically what happens when people hear creepy noises at night and superstition spreads. People can put a lot of faith in folktales and all that energy has to latch on to something. Usually a wild animal that just happens to enjoy screaming at weird hours. They can get quite big, super aggressive. They grow claws, fangs, sometimes wings. It depends on the culture. And are you okay? That's fine. It, it did scratch me a bit. Yeah. My parents would be so disappointed. Is that the right word for it? Oh, it really is. My dad used to say, there's no difference between a demon and the breeze. I still don't know if he was kidding. But what about you? What you doing all alone? Are you sure you don't want to rest? You seemed, yeah, you had quite a night. I was more hoping to bum a cigarette of you, to be honest. Oh, sorry, it's not mine, but you, you can finish that one if you want. Nah, it's okay. What happened last night, though? Right, um, we got to meet some witches, first thing. Mm. Was it Joan again? Yeah, you know her? Yeah, smart woman. I assume Marcus took care of it? Yeah, he... Fuck, I forgot to ask him about that, actually. She, she asked to see our IDs, and... He already had three passports for each of us. Out of nowhere, like... Oh no, that was probably Basim. And she took out her necklace from under her shirt. It was a small pendant carved in a strange smoky crystal with garnet reflects. On it was engraved a single word in Arabic. Sabah al-khair, Basim. As soon as she spoke, a strange mist started pouring from the stone, taking shape in the air was alive, with huge round eyes and a sort of Cheshire smile. It blinked at me, intrigued, then seemed to yawn and stretch. And by that I mean like three or four hands made of smoke materialized around him and extended briefly. I was mesmerized and I asked, what is it? This is Basim, the genie. No way. My pupil and his kind of have been companions for centuries. They hate taking orders, but they love being helpful. And they can create pretty much anything with their little hands. Anything? Well, I've never seen them create anything bigger 
than a shirt. Like the more complex the object, the more energy it takes. The genie then took one look at Samar and started shaping some of the haze around him. His little hands multiplied in the air, moving with the ease of a seamstress as he weaved together an object from the mist. You could feel him pull at the seam of reality and rearrange it between his tiny claws. And in an instant, a cigarette pack fell into Samar's hand. Oh, thank you. This little one has been spending a lot of time with Marcus lately. I wouldn't be surprised if he decides to. Samar? Did I miss one? Samar, was that? Yeah, and it smelled blood. Go get Marcus. What? But Sweetie, it's okay. We're all gonna be fine. Just go get Marcus. Deep in the forest, branches from the highest tree started to shake. As something made its way towards us. Something big. Despite the panic, I looked back at Samar and said, I'm, I'm not leaving you here. Which is frankly insulting, if you ask me. Go! I stepped back, slowly, and said, I'll, I'll go get some help. And I started running. Everyone in the circus was fucking crazy, but anyway, I, I sprinted back to the festivities and yelled, something about a demon that, that there was a demon in the field and when as soon as i saw marcus i just grabbed him by the shoulder and, and screamed my warning just begging for anyone to help and they just all stopped they looked at me and then they cheered they all just fucking cheered like if i had said next round's on me and then they they all made their way to the field what's going on did you say demon move i'm not missing this I Samar, I, I didn't have the words, I was just floored, and, and then that roar again. We turned around as the creature emerged from the forest. One look at it, my wings deployed. Everything about that creature was made for killing. Its body vaguely resembled a panther. Yet something about the way it moved reminded you of a snake. It was a sort of repulsive grace. With thick red fur, its spine distorted by the weight of turgid muscles. Whatever animal it used to be, magic made it a killing machine. With claws the size of my hands and fangs big enough to distort its mouth. Bony spikes have pierced the skin on its back and shoulders. Every aspect of its body was made to pierce, tear, and slash. And yet the circus still cheered. Observing from afar, Samara took out her blades. What is she doing? Why is no one helping her? I ran back to the field, elbowing my way up to the front until a hand suddenly grabbed my shoulder. Leo. <laughs> Calm down, I don't think she would appreciate that. What are you talking about? And Samar just whistled like you would to a dog. She was perfectly still, and at that moment she seemed made of stone, unmovable, implacable. I can't even describe it, she was, she was a rock, a mountain. The beast couldn't see it. It took one step forward, foaming at the mouth, and the machinery of its muscles exploded in fury. It leaped forward, and I couldn't help it, I, I yelped. I had seen death at that very moment. But Samar simply stepped aside, and, and the claws dug the earth instead of gorging in blood. The creature's jaw snapped in the air immediately afterward, but still too late. 
Samara spun around and her blade slashed into the demon's shoulder. Always with that insulting indolence. Playful like a dancer on a waxed floor. To the creature she opposed a barrage of steel. Elusive and ruthless, but not once did a demon weaken. It could take a thousand cuts without a flinch, but one swipe of its claws and it could have torn Samar apart. She wouldn't be able to maintain that rhythm, but as I quickly found out, she had no intention to. She suddenly slipped under the creature as it leaped again, and in a staggering spin, she just stood up. The arc of her blade caught a flash of the morning sun as the head of the beast fell to the ground. The move had seemed so obvious. And then the applause, the thundering joy as wicked blood soaked the earth. That, that moment, that was the Novosarkas. Now, let me tell you all about what we became under their teaching. This is where our story truly begins. In a peaceful English valley. They made us god kill us. <laughs> <laughs>